Time now to have uh, Patrick Royce with us. And uh, I tell you, it's it's a lot of stuff going on and uh, always fun to chat, chat with him. That is for sure. But uh, Patrick Royce, so good to have you with us. Longtime Star Tribune columnist. So yes, Royce Unchained is his podcast. Yes, sir, Derek. Um, just a, I guess, you know, looking back on, you know, this past weekend uh, and the news of Bud Grant and, you know, obviously a, a legendary figure, not just with the Vikings, but really just the sports scene in Minnesota. I mean, he's up there in the Mount Rushmore, I would think. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big believer in Mount Rushmore, but uh, he probably would be the, uh, the guy out front. I really do think of all the great athletes and coaches we've had when he was at his zenith, he was probably the most popular uh, athlete we've had in uh, an athlete or coach we've had in Minnesota. I think the fact that uh, he is still front of mind uh, 35, seven years after he uh, coached his last game here, you know, we, we look at him kind of like he coached here forever. It was 17 years the first time, and then he came back for one, so it was only 18 years. I mean, that's not an only. That's quite a bit in the NFL. But uh, it, it's not like he was a 30-year guy, George Hallis or somebody. And, uh, you know, he quit fairly young. He had a lot of time. Uh, you know, what? What do we, he was 95 when he died, and uh, he quit in 85. So what was he, late 50s, right, when he, yeah. when he quit coaching? So. He wanted there were ducks to kill and geese to kill and deer to kill and uh, other things to pursue and work on conservation and hang out at the lake and all that stuff. I really think, you know, he was a fo- football was a job and outdoors was his love. I really think that was it. I mean, to, he, he sports were a job to him and uh, he he did them well. He devoted as much time as he had to, but he didn't sleep in the office. You know, he wasn't one of those guys. He he had a house one mile from uh, Winter Park for a reason, so he could go home for dinner, and uh, and and not come back. So he was not, <laughs> he was not uh, you know, he 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 was pretty good at giving orders and then uh, go going and uh, you know living a normal life and going to you know hang. He had six kids and uh, you know he was he was watching them too, so he was a. Uh, it wasn't a he wasn't a crazed uh, time consumer as far as coaching was concerned. Yeah, Dick Vermill, he was not. I guess that's a good way to put it. And, and no, that... and he he had his ideas of how it was done, and they didn't all they didn't change that much. He had, he had his ideas of how you could win a football game, but and I don't think he had to spend eight hours looking at whatever the computers were. There weren't computers back then, but whatever kind of documents you had to uh uh scout the other team and stuff it was it was a much simpler game which was good because but bud wouldn't like to be spending as much time as these guys do you know he was the last guy to let the, let his guy, team have a mini camp i mean lynn had to beg and plead with him to have a two and a half day mini camp he didn't want to interrupt his summer for a mini camp for goodness sake yeah, you know, I think that's one thing, not to get too philosophical about life, but that's one thing he did do is balance out work, play, and family. And I, I think in our society, we don't do a lot of that right now, do we? Oh, not if you're a coach. I mean, if you're a coach and, uh, you know, they're all paranoid because uh, I think they're, if they hear about somebody else who's 
putting in 18 hours a day. They got to put in 19, you know, they think it's going to give them some kind of advantage. And, uh, uh, there's no doubt that the bud was a different kind of cat. That's for sure. It is funny. Uh, and I've, I've, I detected this too, but his son, Mike told me last Thursday, they had a, an event for Bob Hagen out at, uh, Vikings, uh, complex, uh, had a couple hundred people show up cause they, uh, they basically moved Bob aside and made him a consultant, and it was kind of a kind of a going away party for the longtime PR director. And, and Bud was supposed to be there, but he wasn't feeling well. But and so Mike came and said a few words in Bud's behalf. But Mike didn't think Bud was anywhere near the end or anything. But uh, when you're 95, I guess you always are near the end. But uh, he. Uh, uh, he said, you know, the guy, he spent his whole life saying very few words and now he won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a weird thing, you know, like going on our, 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 you know, on the fan with Barrero and, you know, you got, I mean, he, he got, he, he became a chatty caddy. I mean, he didn't say much at oh, all. Oh to- yeah, he did. He did. I, I, I got much closer to him in the last seven, eight years than I did. You know, I think it. You know, his Sid was always his guy, but Sid became harder to communicate with. His hearing was, you know, even before he died for seven, eight, nine years, you, you had to scream at him if you wanted to talk to him because, uh, you know, his hearing wasn't good. And he was, you know, he was just, he wasn't the same in the 90s as the same robust character he had been even in the 80s. So uh, I, I ended up talking about a lot more back then because I think if he wanted to, you know, he, I was one old guy in town that he knew, so he would, uh, you know, call me here and there, and I'd see him places, whatever I saw him at places, sit down and talk to him for 30 or 40 minutes. So we got, uh, I mean, we got to be, uh, I wouldn't say that, that a, lot, a lot more respect, I think, there for the two of us. And I mean, I always respected him, but uh, uh, Derek, you, were, you weren't even around then, but, no. but when, they, uh, went to the, when they went to that first Super Bowl, uh, and that era there, about from 69 to 74, I guess maybe the third, 60, even 75, uh, there was a little skepticism by 76 when they went to the fourth Super Bowl. But those six, seven years, there's never been as much adulation from the local sporting public. And that by that, I mean all, all, all Minnesota and the Dakotas for a guy and a team as there was those Vikings. Even when the Twins won the World Series, there wasn't as much adulation. They were bulletproof. Then. You couldn't say anything bad about any of them uh, from uh, in that period. And, uh, you know, they, they were it was just enormous how popular they were. Yeah, no question. And, 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 you know, I was just on the tail end of that, too. And I, I, I got to follow him right after Tommy Kramer, you know, became the starting quarterback. And that's what I was old enough to remember. And that was kind of... Toward the end of Bud's career, and you know they were still really successful under that time, and always were. Well, they were more, they were kind of mediocre, but the division was bad enough. So I think they won one division title at eight, seven, and one, and another one at nine and seven. You know they were. In fact, it was kind of like it is now. You know, the Packers far wasn't there yet, so the Packers were down. The Bears were always screwed up, but for the most part, they weren't in the eighties, obviously, but. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ditka was coming in then, but Bud's, uh, you know, you go from their win in the Mud Bowl in uh, 77 and uh, that game, 78 through 83, it was it was pretty mediocre there. Yeah. I mean, they 
You know, I mean, they played the same guys for 15 years. You know? That's true. Defensively, they'd change one position a year. For uh, if, if they, you know, I mean, he had the same guys the whole time, and they all played every game. And, uh, so, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, it was. He loved stability, and they gave it. He had athletes that gave it to him. Yep. Uh, Royce Unchained, Star Tribune columnist, uh, Patrick Royce with us here, Derek Hansen. And you, know, you mentioned Sid, too, who, uh, well, looking at the calendar, 103 if he'd still be around. But, uh, yeah, March 15th, right? Yeah, and then, boy, you look at it, too. Uh, that relationship is so weird because, I mean, talk about two different personalities. You know, Sid a little bit older than How did they get so close? Just kind of Sid's way of you had to be friends with them, kind of like well, Bobby Knight and Sid, stuff? Well, Sid was the beat writer for the Gophers in the late 40s. Bud was playing, and I wrote a column about that relationship on uh, for Sunday's paper, and uh, and Bud explained his friendship with Sid by saying Sid had a car. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was able to load. He was if he if he had a date, and he needed a car. Sid had let him use his car, you know. So uh, that was you know, Bud. There was always is something in it for Bud. Any relationship he ever had, there was always what's in it for me. Well, know? I think that, that that's why he and Sid get along well because Sid's every every relationship was that way. So that's that's pretty. I mean, it, listen, all those guys that come from the twenties and uh, you know were around at the end of the thirties when their parents had no money. They had no money. They didn't. They had a car. It was a miracle. They were the last ones on the block in the fifties to get a TV. And uh, those those guys that grew up with no money. Uh, uh, guarded it carefully and looked for where they could get some of them for themselves. And I, I think they're all they, they're all that way because nobody had any money before the war. You know, it was uh, everybody that grew up. There was, you know, twenty people in a country of money, and everybody else was scrounging. That's true. Hey, you mentioned it too. I, I, I wonder, did Bud ever mention to you what he thought of this day and age of free agency, where you got to let a, you know, with the salary cap and. You know, I, I you know, I guess a local legend like Thielen has to be re- released and those type of things. I mean, I think that would have driven him crazy because he was able to control the roster because, well, the players had yeah. no no power back then. Uh, they were, yeah, money wasn't really an issue back then. They just paid what they wanted to. But Bud, you know, was the NFL's first free agent. He uh, he uh, wouldn't accept the Eagles' uh, contract offer, and he went to play in Winnipeg. He went to play in Canada where he could make more money. And uh, he always de- declared him somehow, because of his contract situation, they had no hold on him. And he always declared himself to be the NFL's first free agent. Yeah, that's He a- had a really interesting pro career. You know, he sat on the bench for the Lakers for a couple of years. And then he was in Philadelphia and had a, he was like a well, candidate to be, you know, he was a, a great, great receiver out there. And well, he went up to Canada. He played two ways. He was all pro as a defensive back. He had five interceptions, one playoff game. But wow. still a world record. So uh, he's, uh, you know, he was a back then tall guy. You know, tall kind of a strapping guy. I'm sure he looked like a. He, he wasn't. I don't think he was ever thick, but he looked like a big man back then, and was obviously a a hungry athlete and. Uh, he had that look, didn't he, man? I, I was we, we've been talking down here about the great advantage he had as a coach. He didn't have to scream at you. He always had to look at you. All he had to do was look at you. 
right? Yeah, that's what Dave Osborne okay. said too. I mean, what, you know, obviously a North Dakota native, Dave Osborne said he you just feared him because he didn't know what he was thinking all the time. He just stared right through you. Yeah, right. He would. And I heard Ed White on with Barrero the other day, and and he never he wasn't big on making people players feel comfortable. But unless you were, but if you were great, you know, if you were great for him, I mean, Alan Page, okay, he had a feud at the end, but he he let Alan Page skip half of training camp every year is go to law school, right? The last four or five years. If you think of that was some mediocre backup tackle, if that was Lertzema, do you think he would have let him skip five years because of law school? No. <laughs> no. If you were if you were great, Carl Eller, you know, Carl was, you know, he'll admit he had some bad habits, but he played every game and he was good. He was great. If you were great with Bud, you, you, you had a lot of slack. It wasn't that everybody gets treated the same way with him. You know, if you were, if you were helping him win games, you had a long leash. <laughs> That's for sure. I think Parcells kind of took that with Lawrence Taylor too. I think from what I hear, oh, sure. kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, uh, this Vikings team, all these offseason moves, it's hard to keep track, isn't it? It's kind of crazy. Are they kind of, you know? I, uh, I, I, I guess uh, I didn't know that defense back, the cornerback they signed, was that good a player. They paid him 11, but uh, I don't know why. That's exactly why they needed a cornerback. Now maybe they can draft one. And uh, that was, you were wondering what they were going to do cornerback wise, but uh, they managed to redo Cousins' contract to get themselves some salary cap money so that they can, uh, you know, so they could pay this guy $11 million a year. They they got him on only a two-year contract, which is a guy that young. It's kind of, it's kind of weird to say yeah. the least. But uh, I think that was, I think that's been their big pickup. They got a tight end who blocks, but he's also had injury history. So yeah. it, it's coming down to the same thing. You know, they can, they can be pretty good if they stay healthy. If they don't, uh, they get a bunch of injuries. Like uh, you know, they did. They they were healthy almost all year last year. And they, here's the problem, though: they owe the football gods about five games. You know? <laughs> That's for I mean, sure. They, last year, the football gods gave them five games, and generally speaking, that doesn't that doesn't happen two years in a row. So yeah. the Bills game might count as two. Yeah. yeah, and also the Colts game. And, uh, you know, you say, uh, yeah, you know, uh, how did they win that game? You said that five or six times last year. Next year you might be saying, how did they lose that game? That's the NFL. I mean, it's it's the popularity of the NFL is it doesn't make any difference if it's bad football or good football. It's always close football. Yeah. So everybody's, you know, when you go into the last two minutes not knowing who, who to win, uh, who's going to win? What do you care how you got there? It might have been with eight turnovers, you know, but, uh, you know, you can see sloppy football, you can see great football, but it, that's really the only sport where a terrible game is just as appealing as a great game. Isn't know? that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, when they're stumbling around and committing penalties and falling all over each other and playing like idiots. That is body is it's close, so who cares? Patrick Royce with the Star Tribune columnist, uh, Royce Unchained podcast. A final thing for you, speaking of staying healthy, obviously the hometown nine need to do that, and well, they're not healthy yet coming out of Fort Myers the way it looks. I no, haven't seen Bucks and Blanco yet, yeah. and Kirloff's obviously not going to play for a long time. And with that bad wrist, which is really a tragedy uh, as baseball goes, because 
that kid would have been a three, four, five hitter for about eight years. You know, he's really a good hitter, but he's, his wrist is screwed up and, and he hasn't really, he hadn't played yet. And he, you know, just started taking live BP. Apparently he's, uh, he just, he's, he's having a hard, I heard that he's having a hard time feeling like, you know, the, the, there's pain in there, and they're kind of telling him you're going to have to play with that pain, and he hasn't really made that adjustment yet because, uh, you know, he started taking batting practice when he was age four with his dad, and he he knows what he's supposed to feel like, and he doesn't feel that way right now. That's too bad. Uh, health-wise, uh, I, I guess Polanco's going to, uh, you know, Polanco's going to be able to play, I guess. And uh, Buxton, when they went out and got Michael Taylor, they were basically announcing to you that Buxton's going to DH more than he's going to play center field, I think. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? This is hard to believe. That's where he's at he's right a, He's an all-star player when he's playing center field. He's, uh, it, when he's a hitter, he's basically last year he was the second coming of Miguel Sano. Yeah. Hit two eighteen and struck out half the time. So, yeah. What, what's your take as we wrap up here on the pitch clock and everything else that's going on? I, love it, love it. it I, I didn't think on. I would, but it's. It, I, I've always been. I, I always like baseball because it didn't have a clock. But oh my heavens, has it made a difference just watching these spring training yeah. games? Well, I talked to Phil Miller, our beat guy down there, just the day before. He says, "You can't believe how fast these games are going. It's wonderful. <laughs> Everybody." <laughs> about it but the twins manager thinks it's fabulous too they uh you know it's uh what they play one the other day in 212 yes i mean those exhibition games derek you've been down there a few times they were all getting to be over three hours uh you know in the last few years but the one thing about spring training is nobody plays the yankees game the other day and they didn't the, the biggest name they brought was uh aaron hicks and four other, eight other non-regulars, and they just the, the spring spring training has basically turned into the biggest ripoff of fans of all time. But fans just want to be sitting there in the sun and drink a beer, and yeah. they don't care who's playing. So I guess they get away with it. But spring training is uh, not what it used to be when people were trying to win jobs. They don't they don't win jobs in spring training anymore. You just you know who you're going to play, and if some guy gets hurt, then you play somebody else. That's the way it works. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I was standing next in, next to the batting cage uh, one day in Fort Myers next to Alex Rodriguez. That would not happen in 2023 now. No. No, no. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. I, I, I would wonder. If, I, they don't take road games. You know what Tom Kelly's thing was? He put the stars on the, on the road games, but he would ride on the If there was a split game, you had two of them. And he wanted to send a couple of veterans to the out of town game. He sat in the seat. He sat in the front seat on the bus. He yeah. took all the he took all the road trips, even when he could have stayed at home and watched the game. And Gardy picked up on that too. But uh, I'm sure that Rocco doesn't get on the bus. He <laughs> probably put somebody else on the bus. They've had like three, four split squad days now. Yeah, it's crazy. It, uh, yeah, yesterday was one of them too. It's a. Uh... How much they're doing that? It's it's it's. I, I think in Florida it's probably because there are not as many teams as there were before. You know, with Arizona taking up so many of these mm-hmm. clubs. So. Hey, you know what you might have if you get lucky up there in North Dakota. Little uh, have, Gophers uh, in UND Fargo, in Fargo. You might no. We're not like North. They're not like UND. They're not going to make the number one seed play North Dakota at home. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh you're going to get you, you, a very good chance. You're going to get the Gophers and the Holy Cross again. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that is a big the possibility. Holy Cross could be the 16th yeah. seed, and uh, Gophers could be back. This this Gopher team, though, you don't want any part of them, man. They're good. Yep. It's a, I talked to Mojo for an hour yesterday, and oh man, they're he's having a hard time. Yeah, hiding his enthusiasm for this club. So well, he deserves it. Uh, he's been through a lot the past couple of oh years. God, so. yes, he has. Anyway, anyway, I know North Dakota's got to win that. Win the yeah, they got to win too. Yeah, they got to win the tournament to make it right. Yeah, they got to win them both, and it won't be easy. So we, I don't know if that that that'll Paul be. Paul was just happy that North Dakota made it because that means somebody will be there this week. <laughs> well, yeah, I, Omaha, go, Omaha, and St. Cloud State on a Friday night would not be the same. That would have been a tough draw. I, I, that would have been a tough to sell t- tickets there. I think if that would have St. Cloud would have brought a few, but Omaha probably wouldn't have packed. No, that's for sure. Yeah. All, All right, sir. Very good. Thanks so much for your time as always, Pick. All right, Derek. Again, Patrick Royce, longtime Star Tribune columnist, and uh, also uh, Unchained. Royce Unchained is his podcast. Great perspective from him on what's going on with uh, looking back on the life of Bud Grant and also still uh, loves to talk about what's going on in the world of sports, too.